Jason, thank you. Debbie, uh, Debbie, wow. Jan, where'd you go? Thank you. Mike, thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Um, good Sunday to be in church, yes? Yeah. Connie thinks it's a good Sunday to be in church. She liked your children's message, by the way. Connie's joining us from the Oregon coast this morning. She says hi, everybody. Everybody say hi back. All right. You heard Mike say that he was pinch hitting for Tim. Tim and Christy are celebrating Christy's birthday, which was earlier this week. I don't know where they are, but they're not here. So they're celebrating her birthday. Um, we were going to be celebrating Don Hitzel's 102nd birthday today. Um, of course, you know, he went home to be at the Lord several months ago. Um, we will be celebrating in a different format than we were anticipating, not an entire celebration of life service, but those that are going to the seniors' lunch first Thursday in March at Tomato Street, which was one of his favorites, come with your favorite memories of him and come ready to share. All right, so we've got Christy's birthday, we've got uh, Don's birthday, and we got another birthday, and we don't, well, we've been doing this a lot lately. It's somebody whose birthday it is today. Oh, how did I find out about that? I don't know. You want to stand up? Yep. For those that don't know, this is Nicole Wagner. Can I tell them how old you are? She's 40 today. Isn't that great? And because it's your birthday and because it's a Sunday, we're going to sing to you. I didn't think you were going to be here, so I was actually going to give everybody your cell phone number and have them text you, because Kyle told me you're going to be outside of cell phone range, and then I thought it'd just be a great way to show you love when you came back in to explode your phone. So if you have her number, text her while we're singing to her, okay? Join me in singing to Nicole. Happy birthday to you. You even got harmony. That's awesome. You want to preach today? No? All right. Listen, I was, I was going to say we should text her because when she got back into cell range, she would know that we loved her because that's one way you show love, right? You, you send texts. Come on. Just say yes. Play along with me. I've had a rough morning already. You saw me knocking things down and... Yeah, all right, so love is, Jason said that's the title of my sermon, love is, fill in the blank, right? And I actually want you to fill in the blank, not right now, but I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about it. If you're watching online, if you're one of our community that joins us there, text the phone number on the screen, 501-232-1960, text your answer, don't, don't write a paragraph because I can't read that much, but give me a short answer of what love is. Okay, and if you're in-house and you want to text that same thing after you text Nicole, that is completely fine. Uh, we may also give you a chance to say it out loud. Before I perform wedding ceremonies, I require the bride and the groom to go through premarital counseling. Um, and we use, my wife and I will use the book Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. It was a good conversation starter. And uh, one of the exercises, I think it's like exercise six or seven, deals with this love is fill in the blank exercise. Now, there's a list of like 12 different attributes of love, and we ask the couples to check off, you know, the, the top three that they would say, 
that they want to feel love, experience love that way, right? And then under it, under that little check a box, is the love is, and it's blank. And so oftentimes, we'll see the couples, they will try and fit those three words that they checked into that definition. So they'll say something like, well, love is um, committed friendship, because, you know, one of the words was commitment, or one of the words was friendship. Make sense? I don't know. I, I, love is trusting. Someone will always be there. And, you know, so they'll, they'll make their definition like that. There's occasion where they will actually go out different than that and say a definition that they have thought of. Now, catch this. You tell me, is a guy or girl that said this? Love is being willing to see the good in others. Guy or girl? Yeah, you guys are all wrong. That was a 22-year-old dude. I'll say it again just so you can be impressed. It wasn't me. Love is being willing to see the good in others. That was impressive. Now, my wife and I, six months after the wedding, we will go and we'll, we'll meet with a couple just to make sure they're still doing all right. We should probably go 10 years later and have them do the same exercise. Because Frank and Jan, would you say something different now that you've been married? It's been 50 years, hasn't it? Yeah? Then, then maybe you would have when you were first married? Yeah. So love is, uh, you, you're going to fill in this blank differently than maybe you would at different stages of life. All right? Love is, I've had some people texting in their answers online. Those that are in person, be ready to respond. Love is unconditional. Love is sacrifice. Love is living the fruits of the Spirit. Love is the hardest job ever. I'm going to have to go, you guys just keep texting me, fantastic. Love is, Joel, you're watching online, where are you, are you here? Okay, Joel, I'm not going to say that one out loud, because that's the punchline of my message. Okay, I'm going to come back to that one. Love, Nicole, you too. Okay, okay. I'm going to come back to Nicole's later too. Uh, love is an unexpected full tank of gas. I like that. Love is Jesus. <laughs> Always a correct answer, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. Love is eternal only with Jesus. Good. Love is being seen and seeing just as I am fully known. Love is giving someone else. Come on, open sesame. Here we go. Oh, Art, you are so right. Love is giving someone else the last scoop of ice cream. <laughs> Abby, I'm sorry I didn't show you love yesterday. <laughs> Way to go, Art. Uh, wow, love is being with. Thank you, Jeremy. Love is taking the dogs out when it's raining. Oh. And the spouse of that person said love is being pregnant. Aww. Love is letting my daughter drive to church. <laughs> Woo! Ezra, your mom loves you. She really does. All right, anybody in-house that did not text in? Go ahead. Love is? Acceptance. Acceptance. Good. Love is? Caring more about somebody else than yourself. Very good. Love is? Caring. Caring. Good. Love is? Love is turning the clean laundry right side out before 
Love is... I think we need to have an intervention here. Love is turning the laundry right side out before folding it. Sometimes those, you know, some articles of clothing are hard to figure that out. I mean, come on, socks? You don't know which size. That's why we mark them with an L and an R. Love is going the extra mile. Anybody else? Love is. You guys get the, okay, one more. Love is helping your neighbor. Yes, as you can see, you put 85, 90 people in a room, you get another however many online watching, you're going to get a different definition from everybody. Thanks for playing. Somebody else just buzzed me. Love is picking up the dog poo. With that, we should pray. (laughs) I love it. Oh, Jesus, thank you that we get to laugh together. Uh, Thank you for this group of people that wants to come and worship as a family of faith. I thank you that ultimately our focus is on you. And I pray that this morning that would be the case. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love that. Just so our friends online don't miss, don't miss out. Marley said, love is, did you say not messing with or messing, messing with? Love is messing with your spouse. She, she tells a story with her husband. She was on her way out, and he would run after her like there's something real important. Then he just started kissing her. <laughs> and it went right back inside. Thank you for sharing that. Grab your Bibles. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. Some of you thought we we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. No, 1 John chapter 3, we're in this uh, series called Not Your Normal Dear John Letters. And this morning, we're looking at what love is. As you can tell, like I said, you get 80, 90 people in a room, you're going to get 80 or 90 different definitions. So if somebody were just listening, trying to figure out what love is, they would say, wow, that's as clear as mud, right? Maybe their head's going to spin just a little bit. That's how I felt when I was reading our text for today. Oh, that's as clear as mud. And my head kept spinning. Let's see if you guys have the same experience. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, the second half of it, through verse 24. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Verse 11. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain and Abel, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing evil and doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We all over the place yet? Anybody confused? Me too. Thank you. I'll keep going. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. 
Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. We will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of Jesus Christ, his son, and love one another, just as he commanded us. Verse 24, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. Clear as mud, right? John's sitting there shaking his head like, huh? I read that and thought, the gospel writer John must have been having a squirrel moment. Must have been a bit distracted as he's writing. Like he's riding along, he's like, oh, look at the bird. And he keeps riding. Maybe he was trying to squeeze three years of Jesus' ministry into three small paragraphs in this letter. It just didn't make sense. Was there a common thread through that? Okay, so here, after wrestling with this text for quite a bit this last week, I came to the conclusion that this may be the common thread, and I may be wrong. So please feel free not to correct me now, but call me on Wednesday at 7.22 a.m. and tell me I was wrong, okay? Don't call me any other time. Here's what I came down to. I may be completely off base, but I think what John is doing is he's trying to lay out what love is. So he's giving his definition, his fill in the blank. And it's not your normal, dear John letter, it's not your normal, we're done, but it's a continuing of love. All right, still confused? I'm still confused. So let's just kind of walk through the text. How many of you have heard me preach more than like uh, two sermons? Come on, most of you. Okay? If you've been around any sort of time, you know that when I, when I teach, if you haven't caught on to this, this is just going to blow the secret. I usually start with a story, and then I come back to the same story at the end. If you've been around for any sort of time, you've picked up on that. All right? If you haven't, now you know. If I start coming back to the same story, you'll be like, yes, he's almost done. All right? John... I'm going to mess with you today, though. I'm going to come back to this all over. John does the same thing, okay? Second half of verse 10. Anyone who does not love other believers does not belong to God. Verse 11. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Now, he sandwiches this in verse 23 when he comes right back to that same idea. This is the commandment. We must believe in the name of, the son, in, in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. So love one another, that, that's, the, that's the overarching theme is what I'm saying. So my first question when I was looking at that was, well, who's the one another? You guys know? Oh, you said anyone. I say no, because that's what I wanted it to say. Okay, I wanted it to say anyone, because that's how I try and live, right? I wanted to say, love anybody that you can encounter. But John seems to be a little bit exclusive here. We should love one another. Verse then 15, uh, 14. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. Huh. Shift uneasily a little bit. Is James really standing up here telling you only to love Christians? Why would John say something like that? Well, perhaps you heard Jesus say something like that. John chapter 13, verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. He was talking about the disciples, to the disciples, about the disciples. Love each other just as I have loved you. 
Now, had Jesus left it there, then we could have continued to be uncomfortable, right? But then he pushes it outward from there. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So Jesus says, yes, love each other because then other people are watching and they'll be able to see that you're with me. That makes a little more sense that John might then just start with the focus on loving each other. It's as if he's saying to to the people who are watching, hey, guys, look, this is what it means to love. This is what love is. So he starts with this idea, love one another, love your brothers and sisters in Christ, and then he kind of unpacks it. He starts filling in the blank. He starts by saying what love is not. He says, love is not anger that leads to hate that leads to murder. Is that fair? (laughs) Come on, you guys can say amen to that. (laughs) Love is not anger that leads to hate that leads to murder. That's why he drops this Cain and Abel story in here. I'm trying to figure out how does it fit, right? I don't even like that story in the first place. And if I'm a pastor, am I allowed to say I don't like certain stories in the Bible? Okay, I just did. Thank you, Mike. I just did. That story always rubs me wrong. All right, but John John puts this in here, and I'm like, why? Don't be like Cain because he belonged to the evil one. Why Why did Abel... Uh, don't be like, yeah, why did Cain kill Abel? Well, John goes on to unpack it in verse 15. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that a murderer doesn't have eternal life within them. Huh. You guys ever hear echoes of something like that before? I'll say Jesus. That's right, Kyle. Jesus said something similar to that before. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22. Jesus said, you've heard that our ancestors were told, do not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone. You see where John's getting his stuff? I mean, I told you that this text seemed like it was clear as mud and my head was spinning. I think what was happening is my head was going, okay, John's saying this, whoa, Jesus said that. Okay, John's saying this, okay, Jesus said that. He just keeps going back and forth to what John says. A love does not look like hate, is what John says. One author in his commentary on this letter said, hatred is the wish that the other person was not there. It's the refusal to recognize his rights as a person. The longing that he might be dead. So hatred really is murder in the heart. And John says that's not love. John says the world doesn't like you. Guess who else said that? Thank you. Jesus also said that. John 15 verse 18. If the world hates you, don't be surprised because it hated me first. So John says the world's going to hate you. And we think, why? Christians are nice people most of the time, right? Another commentator said, wherever there's a Christian, even though he speak no word, he acts as the conscience of society. And for that very reason, the world will often hate him. So John, again, in this confusing passage, it seems like it's all over the place, starts off, we want to talk about love. Let me tell you first what love is not. Love is not hate. And then he says, but let me tell you what is. Verse 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. We know what real love is. Jesus gave up his life for us. Kyle, don't answer this. Somebody else. Who said that before? Jesus. Jesus. Yes. 
<laughs> tricked them. It's always going to be a different answer. Jesus said that, John chapter 15, verse 12. I have ta- told you to love one another, just as I have loved you. That no greater love has someone than to give up their life for someone else. We're trying to fill in the blank. What is love? And we hear it's giving up our life, right? So it's like, yay, great. Not, raise your hand if you've ever had to die for somebody else. Okay, no hands, good, you're breathing. Now we could talk about, well, he's talking about figuratively. And yes, we have to give up our desires, our wants, our hopes, you know, not, not necessarily. But we could say that's what love is. But when Jesus said this, he was literally talking about giving up his life. Because not too many more chapters later, he was on a cross. And when John says this, John has an interesting little take on this. We don't, we don't fully understand it in the English translation, but John has this great thing here. We're starting at verse 16 again. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. See, we tend to focus on the the giving up his life. We tend to say, wow, that was the emphasis. But the way this is worded in the Greek, the emphasis is actually on the for us. Jesus gave up his life for us. When you unpack that in the Greek, the Greek is very specifically saying there is an action that is for the sake of other people. Somebody said something about others when we were talking about love earlier. Who was it? Go ahead and raise your hand because you got the answer right. Okay, One of many answers right. Love is for others is what John is saying. Now, John realizes that most of us won't have to die for somebody else, literally. So he unpacks this love is a little bit more in verse 17 through 19. Right after saying, we know what love is because we should give up our life, he says, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can that person, how can God's love be in that person? Wow. You talk about putting your money where your mouth is. John says, hey, if you're not going to give up your life for somebody, be willing to spend something on them. What's the second most talked about topic in Scripture? Money. Money. So John ties it into very practical. I love that because we could, we could say, okay, I've got to figuratively give up my life for other people, but I may never be called to do that literally. But then John says, no, wait. Let me, let me talk to you where this might actually apply. Your pocketbook. And then he goes on even further to what Jason was talking about with the kids. Verse 18 and 19. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Because it's our actions that will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before the the Father. Nicole, that's what you texted me. Love is actions. So that's what John is saying. How many of you, when you, when you uh, sent in the fill-in-the-blank and when you said it out loud, think back that far, I know it was like 15 minutes ago, it's a long time, um, how many of your answers were actions? Most of them, right? Most of them were actions because I think we know that, that love is an action. Here's what's fun, okay? Uh, did you guys watch Super Bowl last week? For those that did, did you watch the halftime show? Don't say whether you liked it or not, okay? Did you watch the halftime show? I loved it. And if you didn't like it, it's okay. You can be wrong every now and again. All right? It was old school rap. It was fantastic. In my household, the Super Bowl halftime show has been on repeat, I kid you not, since last Sunday. We are racking up the likes on that one. YouTube is 
Yes. Anyways, I started thinking about some old school rap, and I started thinking about the first tape that I was ever given. For those that are under the age of like 40, a tape used to be a download, which used to be a CD, which used to be a tape, and those even further back used to be an 8-track, all right? So you're tracking with me. first tape I ever got was Christian rap, DC Talk. You got, yeah? Oh, and I thought I would perform some rap for you this morning. What do you think? Because DC Talk has this song... Do you know which one it is? Can you lay down a beat? No. No? <laughs> oh, Heidi. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. I'm, you can't pass. See, you got that phone out. I'm not, I'm not really going to run. Okay. All right. So, DC Talk says, go ahead, flip it up, film it. We'll put it on our Facebook page. That, that's all right. Put, can you put your hands in the air? <laughs> it works when Snoop Dogg says it. He says, hey, tell me, haven't you heard the word love? Love is a serious word. Hey, I think it's time you learned. I don't care what they say. I don't care what you heard. The word love? Love Love is a verb. Oh, well done. Thank you. I need that. Because I will never rap in front of you again if you don't clap for me. If Toby Mac knows that love is a verb, then so should we. Okay? And that's what John is saying. This, this crazy, confusing, like, where is John's focus during this whole thing is the fact that we should love each other and that love looks like an action. I could have just said that at the very beginning and saved you guys some laughter and some listening. So let me return to the, where I started. Love is, I'm about to finish. Love is. This morning we get to celebrate what love is as described in here through taking communion. Verse 16 talks about Jesus giving up his life for us. Verse 18 talks about love being an action. All right, so we're going to celebrate that. I'm going to invite Jan back up. Jan wrote a song several years ago that's to be played during communion. Um, I'm excited to hear it. If you did not get a little cup and juice when you walked in, while Jan is playing, just go ahead and raise your hand, and I've got someone who's going to bring some around to you. All right? Ultimately, Jesus said... That, I mean, Jesus lived out the fact that love was an action, right? And when we take communion, the, the bread reminds us of a broken body, which was love lived out. When we drink the juice, it reminds us of blood shed, which was love lived out. Um, we're going to remember this action that Jesus took. And we, you don't have to be a member of First Church to take communion with us. We just ask that you be pursuing a relationship with Jesus. So let me pray, and then what I want to encourage you guys to do is prepare your hearts to take it while Jan plays. Now, you may wonder, what does that mean to prepare my heart? Well, maybe you can think through ways that, with your definition of love, that you can do those in the coming day or weeks. Or maybe you can think of ways in the last couple of weeks where you haven't loved well, and you can tell God about that, ask his forgiveness. Maybe you can just thank him for the way he has lived out love. Or maybe preparing your heart is simply listening to Jan play. Just prepare your heart to take communion. So I'll pray, she will play, and then after her song, we'll take communion together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for uh, this disciple whom you love to lay his, his head on your chest. Thank you that even when his writing is a little confusing, that we can, we can siphon it down to the simple message that we need to love each other and that love looks like action. 
And that ultimate action is you, sacrificing your life for us, for us, because we couldn't do it on our own. Lord, I ask that you would help us live our lives for other people and thus be living out love. And as Jan plays, would you quiet our hearts? Would you prepare our hearts for taking communion together? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
since we have been a bit traditional this morning, I'm just going to go with a traditional communion service. Here it is from 1 Corinthians 11. The Apostle Paul says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it, then he broke it in pieces, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken for us. We may not ever fully understand it. Help us remember this well. In Jesus' name, let's take the bread together. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Lord, we ask your hand of blessing over this juice. We ask that you would remind us of how your blood shed was love lived out. Friends, in Jesus' name, let's take together. Love is fill in the blank. And yes, to my friend Joel, it is a verb. He did say that online. Well done. Mike, Jan, uh, 